So, Mike, um, for the first time in my life, um, I, I'm kind of speechless, and not speechless in the sense of that the Rangers won the draft lottery. Um, it's I have to plan getting a tattoo um, as a part of a pledge I made uh, with Mika to sort of will uh, this into existence. So oh boy. whoever they pick, I think it's going to be Lafreniere. Whatever number the number one overall pick gets, uh, it's going to be on my body for the rest of my life. Well, and it was I a 12... your sacrifice. Yeah, 12 and a, 12.5% chance. Um, but when that ball flew up, I was just like, wow. Um, you're listening to Bannering the Blue Shirts. Uh, we probably should have did that early, but uh, I am Tom Merch Jr., joined by Mike Murphy, and uh, just wow. Wow is all I can say. Mike, words. Yeah, I... Like, before the... the uh, you know, we could go on and on about the, the lottery as a televised event, and Mr. Commissioner, can you confirm that the Florida Panthers logo and how cynical I was and how quickly that evaporated into you've got to be fucking kidding me. Um, you know, the Rangers don't... Like, I know a lot of people who are not uh, attached to the Rangers or Rangers fans will roll their eyes at something like this, thinking, oh, you know, the Rangers get a break. You know, a team with, you know, pockets that deep doesn't need a break like this. But this is the first fucking first overall pick this team has had in half a century, Tom. Um, it is, this is a, a really a long time coming, and it feels so surreal coming, you know, coming off the heels of Capo Caco, second overall last year. And just in my head, I'm, I'm already doing a thing like, all right, we have Lafreniere. We have Panarin, we have Kako, we have Kreider as the top six wingers until I'm dead, hopefully. Um, it's not bad. Uh, it's kind of crazy. I cannot believe it happened. Like you said, 12.5%. That's my new favorite odds for anything uh, because the Rangers did win the lottery. Still can't believe that happened. And... You know, the consensus first overall pick is, of course, uh, Alexis Lafreniere uh, and, uh, you know, of Ramuski Oceanic uh, in, the, in the queue, which is, of course, a part of the CHL. Um, he's the most productive player in the CHL since Connor McDavid. Of course, he's a winger um, and not a center, but back-to-back 100-point seasons this season, he uh, you know, despite playing, I think, like a dozen less games than the second highest score on Ramuski, he had something like 24 more points. So, and, you know, I quickly looked over at pick 224, which is my new favorite resource for, for prospect sites, uh, for prospect stats for men's or women's hockey. And he's just, he's a very different kind of player than Capo Caco, which is interesting to me. Um, and it's very interesting to me for the future of this franchise now because I know some people are going to entertain the do we galaxy brain this Tom? Do they take Byfield because they need a center? Um, I'm here to say let's just hang up on that. I You take the best player available. Uh, they do have another first <coughs> round pick uh, that they can go after a center 
or what have you, or even package that pick and something else, like a, who knows, like a Georgiev or something of that ilk, and see if they can move up to get another center they might be interested in. But Tom, this happened. Um, like you said, this is not something we anticipated happening. You and I were both just on the, uh, the NHL media call, and we got to listen to uh, people who are, have bigger names than us in the industry get to ask questions while we just kind of uh, waited around hoping there would be enough time for us. But um, my first impressions are, uh, holy crap, he looks like a baby, just like, you know, Capo Caco and Heedle really do just look like children to me. And it just happened, Tom. First overall pick. It's really amazing how quickly things change, and it, it's just so odd because I know technical difficulties, power outages, and other assorted nonsense got in the way of us recording last week uh, to sort of do a post-mortem on the Carolina Hurricanes series, and while, yes, they lost... And yes, we will certainly talk about it right now. Who fucking cares? It's like you look at the positives of what this is going to do to the franchise. (laughs) It's like, obviously, yeah, there are things that we want to look at. Don't make the same mistakes. Gorton said as much that, yeah, we want to look at why we went out so early. um, While not discounting the progress made in the regular season. But this is is something very special and and there's no two ways of uh, about it. I think many people look around the league and this is not to compare players and who were drafted, but you look at okay, the Penguins, they were able to get Marc-Andre Fleury, they were able to get Sidney Crosby, they were able to get Evgeny Malkin. It was these building block young players who were able to be very... Oh, yeah. Shortly, like if you... I was just looking at that recently. The Penguins block of of top 10 picks in, you know, at the lockout and a little after, the the year after Crosby, you know, was, was O.V. Malkin, I think, and then you think of what what it means. Of course, you know, in terms of like recent history, a lot of people will be like, "Well, look what Edmonton has done with their early picks. They've shattered that." But these are when you draft players this high. These are fran- guys who can move the needle for an entire franchise, and it's fascinating to me that they're both wingers. Uh, one's a left winger, one's a right winger. If that doesn't get you excited. I don't know what will. It's also fascinating to me that the Rangers have, uh, are, you know, in my opinion, the best left winger in hockey right now already on the roster and here until the end of time in Artemi Panarin. Not a bad guy to kind of study under and learn some tricks from. And uh, I, <laughs> like, it's one of those things where you just shake your head because there's so much to consider. But at the end of the day, it's just a gigantic, crazy win. Um, obviously, unlikely uh, that the Rangers would come away winning the lottery after, you know, getting the silver medal of the lottery last year with Capo Caco. And here we are with a guy who, you know, Lefrenier is not called a generational talent. I think that's an important thing to get out of the way. But... He is a guy who's just like a—he's a surefire first line, like 
going to be an all-star if everything goes well, he stays healthy sort of a player. Um, you know, you, you just don't produce at that level, um, both for, you know, at the World Juniors and um, in the CHL, Tom, unless you're something really special. And, you know, he's an interesting guy in terms of, you know, he's already kind of transitioning into having that, like, NHL pro body. I was listening to, uh, you know, American Friedman talk about him um, recently and, there's just so much about this that's fucking crazy. Um, he will be 19 on uh, on October 11th, but the Rangers just got younger and so much better. And you know, heading into like you know, I, I wrote a little postmortem thing for banter about the 2019-20 Rangers, and I stopped myself from going down the hole of you know, it's it's there's good cause to be excited about all the kids, but you know, we should. You know, should the Rangers and should the organization be a little, little nervous, little chewing their fingernails about the hiccups in the development of Kravstov, of Kravstov and Leas Anderson and Igor Rikov and Libor Hayek? Like, you know, there's obviously Adam Fox and Shosturkin were both grand slams, and Ryan Lindgren exceeded everyone's expectations. But you know, some cause for concern. Right now, none of that matters. Like, there's so much pressure taken off of all the other kids. Of course, there's a ton of pressure on Lafreniere. Like, there's a ton of pressure on any first overall pick. But this is this will change the Rangers' history one way or another. And it's a crazy. If you think about this from like, if you take a step back, Tom, we're likely at the end of the Henrik Lundqvist era. And what are we? What are we starting the next era with? Panarin, Kako, Lafreniere. It's fucking nuts. Yeah, it's incredible to think of it in that context that you have the last time the Rangers were involved in a first round or number one overall lottery situation of of um you know unusual means was because of the lockout. And obviously, Sidney Crosby goes to Pittsburgh, um, but that was Henrik Lundqvist's first season in the NHL, where he comes in. Kevin Weeks is the starter. Weeks gets hurt, and then Lundqvist takes the job and runs with it. Fast forwarding to now, you don't have a season canceled, but one that's delayed, and you have to have this, you know, lottery for the number one overall pick. Because the first lottery came up as a mystery team, and despite it, the 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 Rangers come out with the number one overall pick. Because it's all of these sort of interesting little coincidences. Um, I retweeted so one. Surreal. Yeah, going back, I think it was something to the effect. Of, I think it was Mika who had it. Um, they trade for Messier. He has a Hart Trophy season, but they get swept in the first round. They have Yager in his first full season with the Rangers. He doesn't win the Hart Trophy. Um, they're swept in the first round. And you have this year, Panarin is a Hart Trophy finalist. They get swept in the first round. Um, and I, whenever I see things like that, those interesting coincidences, it it's just 
makes you think a little little more. Like, obviously, all of this is random, and you never know what's going to happen. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I certainly have a different feeling now than I did this morning because I was, I was driving to work. I'm saying to myself, okay, we're going to be podcasting again. Um, obviously, here are some things that we can talk about. I know in our banner slack, we've been trying to think, okay, how do we want to approach the off season and what do we want to write about and but now that they have this number one overall pick and most likely it's going to be Lafreniere obviously you don't want to rule out that that they could maybe take Byfield or I don't know there's all these things that could happen but I, I would say we'll operate from the perspective of they're going to take Lafreniere now that second first rounder um, wherever it falls from Carolina that's something that they could now use differently players on the roster they can look at and they can use them differently even later picks future picks there's all of these possibilities now and obviously we don't want to put too much pressure um on Lafreniere because we oh, all knew rosy cheeked Quebecois little little man that we just saw yeah because yeah, we all saw we all hyped up Caco and it was a Tough transition to start, and, and obviously, God did Kako ride himself hard. He was, mm-hmm. he played like he had a goddamn John Deere tractor, um, you know, weighing him down at times. You could feel, you could see the hesitancy in his game and how he was questioning himself. And you know, that was one of the fun things I thought we were going to talk about. Is like, hey, silver lining of Carolina, uh, Kako. He looked really good because he did, honestly, and. It made a lot of sense from the perspective of how much hockey he had played in a three-month break. might have been something that he relished and benefited from more than anyone else. But like you said, Tom, you know that thing, you know, closed door, opens a window, opportunities, bop, bop, bop. This, the Rangers winning lottery just opens so many possibilities and so much potential. Like it's, like there's so many, like the... The ripples of this, like, what does this mean long-term for someone like Pavel Buchnevich, right? I don't want to think about that right now. I know, but, like... I know it's... I know, I know, trust me, I... You have to kiss that sweet Russian boy goodbye, is what I'm going to tell you. I know. Not not yet, don't worry, we're going to get to swaddle him and tell him he's precious now that he's grown out that really bizarre playoff goatee thing that made him look like, like a deranged billy goat. Those sullen and angry, but um, yeah, I there's just so much to consider. Like, where do you want to play him? I I just say fuck it, play him on the second line. Uh, you know, have Panarin on the other line, and you know, um, and just kind of go from there and be excited. I mean, if you're a Rangers fan, this is your first time listening to our show. Um, there's good cause to be excited right now. It, the Carolina series does not matter. Um, you know, it, it sucks that the Rangers were the only team that was swept and, you know, the offense that had kind of enchanted us and got us so excited really came up flat. But I also found some interesting things to take away from that series. And, you know, it's it's strange going into this offseason with all the uncertainty around Hank. But I got to tell you, this is not a bad thing to take your mind off of you know, some uncomfortable, you know, situations the Rangers have to address with RFAs and all that. They got the first overall pick. 
So before before we move on, um, like I want to move on. Well, no, like I'm I'm scrolling through Twitter and it's kind of hilarious that when you look at hockey under trending, it says rigged because there's just this thought that it was all rigged and yeah, and there's the goofiness with the ball and everything. Like, of course, it's it is what it is, right? Like we all if if you grew up being a Rangers fan, you know that other teams fans will roll their eyes at you and in some cases deserving <laughs> deservingly so but you know this is one of those days where you can just pump your fist and scream in your house or your apartment wherever you are and just what the fuck just happened these things don't happen for the rangers not in our lifetime like the second overall pick for for Capo Caco, that shit never happened. Um, Panarin being the giant free agent ticket that immediately met and then exceeded expectations, that shit has never happened. Uh, it's just crazy. And it gives... It takes... So, it puts so much into perspective about this rebuild and where this team is headed and, and its potential. You know, today I wrote that you know, the most important thing about this Rangers team that, you know, we talk so much about, you know, the lack of center depth and the the flaws in terms of the defensive scheme and defensive personnel. And I said, the good news is for Rangers fans that this team remains, like its primary definition is its potential. It is a team defined by its potential, its prospects, its young players. And... Its prospect pool, which was already considered elite, if not the best in the league, is better. Immediately better. It's, it's This is the most exciting young team of Rangers. Play. Like, we won't see this again in our lifetime. Anything like this. So, enjoy it. Enjoy the crazy ride that we're all in for. And, holy crap. Come on down to New York. Alexi Lafreniere. He's never been in New York, Tom. He's never been to New York, um, but that's certainly going to change. Um, and in terms of being rigged, if the NHL were rigging draft lotteries, Connor McDavid would have never ended up in Edmonton. So let's let's just get that out of the way right there. Um, if if they were capable of rigging things, they, they would have had him end up in Toronto. But that obviously did not happen. Um, but yeah, people are going to say, oh, the ball dropped early. I mean, I feel bad though because Minnesota needed this bad. Yeah, I mean, there are teams who I legitimately feel some sympathy for. The Winnipeg Jets, um, they were a really uh, interesting case where Connor Hellebuck just dragged them kicking oh and God. screaming to the playoffs. And I believe if under normal um, and under normal rules that that would have been Winnipeg's pick, like Team E. Yeah, there was something about that. Yeah, you're correct. So if anyone has the right to be crying themselves to sleep tonight, it's Winnipeg Jets fans. Um, I mean, also Shifley injury and everything else that's happened. But, yeah. Um, this is a fucking crazy time, Tom. We're going to have an interesting summer of, of content. Both 2020. It's going to be a year that we never forget um, for a lot of bad reasons, obviously. Um, but it, it's 
it's almost like this concept of you you can't enjoy the good without the bad the the bad makes you realize the good um and it's it's just strange like i'm i'm still having a hard time believing that it happened like one in eight chance like i just think of all those times you play carnival games and it's like oh well you really only have a certain chance of winning and it seems like you never win yet here 12 and a half percent one in eight and it actually happened yeah it's funny because you know before that ping pong ball came up and changed everything you know i was i was kind of looking forward to talking to you about you know if the rangers are going to pick 10 or 11 because that was the the alternate reality that none of us live in now because uh, we got to have the best case scenario which most of us were too practical to to entertain much longer than like a giggly thought like oh imagine and you know i know i think it was brooksy who said like maybe cole perfetti will drop and you know i was hoping like hey tom what centers would you like around 10 or 11 with anton Lundell or you know is there anyone who stands out to you as interesting guy and like you know like I'm a gigantic Stutzel fan or a Stutzla uh, fan um, I just have a soft spot for, for players of his type especially uh, German born players I don't know why I just I, I get a kick out of guys from from lesser known hockey countries um, which is also why I like have a soft spot for Marco Rossi but I I gotta tell you Tom I don't care about any of those those brilliant young men anymore um all i care about now is this this french canadian kid uh who has a really strong jawline and i saw him take like eight gigantic gulps of his bottled water during the uh, the media availability so he's uh he's my well hydrated best friend now he's my sweet baby boy alexi lafreniere Although it is somewhat tempting, Quentin Byfield. Like I know there's a lot of people. Um, I love Byfield. I want to make like, that he's, clear. Yeah. Like everything about Byfield makes me excited and giddy to think about. Like, holy shit! Like this kid is the, you know, creative player guy in NHL. You make that is just like what? What does he have? Oh, he has everything. You know, he's six four. He's a very strong skater. He's like something like from the mold of Eric Lindros or Rick Nash. It's like, holy shit, that would be amazing. Oh, and he plays center. And, and he's younger. Awesome. And he's, he's younger, which is a big deal. Um, because, as I mentioned, Lafreniere will be 19 on uh, October 11th, I think. So, like, that is a big deal that he is as good as he is. But the thing is... We know that Lafreniere is NHL ready, which of course is a huge, huge deal. Um, you know, even though he's technically not even drafted by the Rangers, we can all pencil him into the lineup. But I'm sure the Rangers will do, you know, Gordy Clark and the scouting department and Gordon and and the whole crew will do their due diligence, thinking about, all right, make me a case for Byfield over uh, over Lafreniere, and I just. I don't think there's enough things you can put in the column of, you know, the pros column there. Like, you would be drafting for need, which is great, but uh, the best player 
you know, widely considered the best player is Lafreniere. And it's, you know, the obviously the Rangers need a center, but more than anything, they needed offensive talent. They needed a forward that could, you know, generate offense. And that is, that is what Lafreniere is to a T. Tommy had 21 primary assists on the power play last season. Pretty good. He had five power play goals. So, on the power play, he's just he's just dishing. He's just looking to get his teammates to score goals. And when a guy is so talented, like it's that Panarin thing where you're like, holy shit, that pass that Panarin just made that results in a goal... And then you see him, re- like, you see Panarin's release and you see him score. Like, we've seen Lafreniere score, obviously, giant goals, like, at the World Juniors. And it's like, oh, yeah, he can score, too. But the best players are the ones who make the people around them better. And that's the kind of player he is. And that's why this is all the more titillating. Um, I don't even know where do we go from here, Tom. If anything, it now makes it more interesting how they decide to build the roster, how they decide to evaluate this series, because we've been banging the drum of the Rangers need long-term um, center help in insofar as you have your number one center right now, who's at Banajad. He is going to need a new contract, and that contract, the majority of it will be um, in his 30s, and we haven't gotten a long look at Filipino, but if you're going to have some combination of Panarin, Kako, Lafreniere, Kreider, Buchnevich, Kraftsoff, some combination of that in your top six, and maybe one of those spilling over into your third line, um, and, and obviously someone from that group could be traded it almost in a sense of not that it doesn't matter who you have at center but I don't give a shit about centers anymore what does Ryan Strom want well, I, for two years fuck it well not quite that but it, it's a little bit of a less importance where sometimes you have a center who is able to elevate your wingers but if you have really talented well, wingers, wingers yeah you just need someone uh responsible that that can get them the puck um which Aaron can do it's what Kreider is capable of doing when he's on his game and healthy and by all accounts that is exactly what Lafreniere can do and having that strength at the wing like like you said it is like it's scintillating to think about what the Rangers could have at the wing um you know especially I like to think of like all right two years from now how close are the Rangers to being you know a contender or a team that can go deep in the playoffs and I gotta tell you Tom with all that talent on the wing with all these young like prospects in the blue line with how good Adam Fox looks with all the potential in Keandre Miller you know we know uh, Nils Lundqvist is going to be in Sweden for another season but like it's almost like a foregone conclusion that he'll be NHL ready when he comes over because he's already so goddamn good, frankly. Like, he's already there. And on top of that, you have Zibanejad, Kreider, Panarin. Like, I know 
there's some concern over Truba, and I think you know it, it's there's good reason to be a little concerned about Truba given his contract and everything. But yeah, Shesterkin, let's fucking do it. They got how many of these guys are twenty three or under? It's unbelievable. Yeah, unbelievable. You have all the pieces. Now it just comes down to what I think is going to define not only the David Quinn era, but really will come to define Jeff Gordon's tenure, is you have all these pieces, Tom. You have all these sexy things. All these ingredients. Development. You need to develop these kids right. And so far we've seen a lot of fucking rocky roads. Um, A lot of concerning things that have unfolded. Um, we've also seen Adam Fox kind of, you know, flourish in spite of, you know, this being under the influence of popular scapegoat Lindy Ruff. And I want Hartford to, um, to drastically improve. And I want even more for these kids to get significant ice time. And that means, you know, that means moving on from guys like Jesper Fast. And that means, you know, not signing a Greg McKegg <laughs> or a Michael Haley and leaving these roster spots open so your kids can get that ice time and develop. Because at the end of the day, Tom, their development is more important and more critical to the success of the team than, hey, we think, you know, having Phil DiGiuseppe on the second line or whatever the hell means we have a better chance of winning this game. The Rangers have to play the long game with all these kids. They have all that talent. They just have to make sure they harness it and develop it. That and they need the right um they need the right veterans. And I don't see veterans as a as a point. as a buzzword of okay, someone who knows how to win. I, I think they're getting to the point now where you can't have negative impact players on your roster because there's no, let's put it this way. Artemi Panarin is, brings amazing value. Adam Fox brings amazing value. At one point, Cabo Caco will bring amazing value, but you need everyone to be positive at the bare minimum neutral and obviously that's easier said than done obviously you're going to have some players who who are a drag but you can't afford with everything that they're doing have a Mark Stahl have a Brendan Smith have a Greg McKegg uh, have a, a, a Brett Howden you need to put people in the right spots and even more so now it's going to become something that they're going to have to think about is, and I tweeted this earlier today is the Rangers don't have the luxury of saying, we're going to put this off a year because yes, obviously Henrik Lundqvist status is up in the air. um, But if all were remaining equal, his contract would come off the books after next season. Same with stall, same with Smith. Um, But next year, after this upcoming season, you're going to have RFAs who need to get paid. And the year after that, even more of them. So they need to say, 
This is one we realistically think we are going to challenge for the Stanley Cup. This is going to be our number one center. This is going to be our number one wing. This is going to be our defense pairing. They have a lot of the pieces in place. They have a lot of... Um, it's so fun, Tom. And you, it's not the so much... It's fun. You know how nice it is to write and follow and fucking cheer for a team that's fun and has so much potential? This is so goddamn fun. Right. And we like, all needed this. Like... God damn, like New York, the greater metropolitan area has just been kicked right in the balls by COVID. I mean, everyone knows what the statistics look like. This has been a crazy fucking time for everyone. So to have this like amazing dessert after kind of a a disappointing dinner in terms of the Carolina series, like I don't give a shit about that dinner. This is so fun that this happened this way. I didn't mean to cut you off. I just drifted off like my eyes were no, it's, dazzling it's, like a like an infatuated anime girl. I'm just so happy. Yeah, but like the Rangers have had enough good fortune that that they I'd can't be a cute anime girl. <laughs> they can't afford to fuck this up. And No, but I don't want to talk about them fucking up. Well, no, no, no. Well, no, we don't have to. I'm just saying they've been given all of these gifts. They, yeah, they you gotta you gotta raise these babies right. Yeah, exactly. And you gotta put the little pluggy things in the electrical outlets so the babies don't put dimes in the sockets. Uh, you gotta put those rubber things around the corner of the tables. But also, you know what? You gotta let the babies fall. Babies gotta fall if they know how to walk, Tom. Everyone know that. Oh yeah, and we saw we saw enough of that this year. Um, Hell, I'll push a baby down to teach it how to walk. I mean, it happens. Like I even, you know, what's that baby gonna tell? Well, even more interesting, and I didn't know this was actually a thing that some parents are actually teaching their children to swim very young, and the way it works is they're thrown into the pool, and there's like a lifeguard or something like really close but their natural instincts propel them up and it's just it's this craziest thing like it was one of those things on youtube or rather on facebook that got shared and i'm like what the fuck is going on and I'm like oh wow they floated up and they started kicking and i'm like i i, I was to swim before i could walk my mom and aunts brought me out to the ocean and formed like a triangle around me and my cousin because we're the same age and they just kind of threw us into the middle of this triangle, and we just kind of tread water. You know, we're like, what's going on? I was in, I was only very recently attached to an umbilical cord. But, uh, yeah, you gotta, I want the kids to get a chance. I'm, I'm optimistic about it, just because, frankly, there's just so much goddamn talent now. There's so much potential. Like, there's no more room for the Michael Haley's of the world. Like, you can have your Phil DiGiuseppe's, these role players that are valuable for your your bottom six, but, like, you know, there are luxuries that this team won't be able to afford. But Yeah. And the good news for everyone is over the next two years or so, especially with the expansion draft, for God's sakes, which is another crazy fucking thing that we have to think about, a lot of these giant cap headaches become slightly more palatable even though 
the flat cap is a big deal, and of course Truba is a big deal, and of course Panarin's cap hit is a big deal, and Mika only having two years left is a big deal. But, like, there's enough here where they can make it work, and when you feel like all the pieces are in place, and luck is obviously a factor for shit like this. One, luck in sports, duh, but obviously the lottery the last two years. Quinn and Gordon gotta get this right. And I really hope they do. And I really hope we see things, you know, move in a, in a direction where we see the kids flourish. We see the kids get those opportunities. Um, you know, there's so many questions about what happens with you know, Brian Strom and D'Angelo, of course, and, like, we'll talk about all that stuff on another show, but it is a goddamn crazy day to be a New York Rangers fan, Tom. If anything, what I just thought of as you were talking about that is in Miracle, just before they go to the Olympics, like, they obviously were playing the right way and they were starting to gel, and then Herb Brooks brings in this ringer at the last minute um, and gives him a shot and it, it's uh, he has a good game and he's thinking about bringing him to Lake Placid like that's almost uh, yeah, yeah. that's almost where the Rangers are at this point like yes they're pulling in the right direction obviously they had a disappointing playoff but it, it's like at this point it's if you're not showing that you're swimming in the right direction you ha- you're, as a player, like you run the risk of not being a part of this amazing thing that they're building. And if I'm a player like who's somewhat on the bubble, I know I'm going to treat this offseason um, very differently than I have before. I'm going to make sure that I'm in the best shape that I can be in, obviously, yeah. everything withstanding, um, because... They are building something very exciting here. They are building something special, and it's a team that... Well, I don't think it's crazy to compare it in some way to what we talked about at the top of the show. I'm sorry to cut you off, but, like, the Penguins. Oh, yeah. These teams that had, like, you draft all these guys, and, you know, you see, you know, what a young, sexy team like Vancouver has, you know, and, like, you know, even Carolina, and also, you know, teams like uh, Colorado... And like you get, you get this core of these young guys, and you build. And you know, I I didn't get to ask a, a question to Alexi, even though I had one ready. You know, I had one in the chamber, and my question was going to be, how exciting is it for you to to enter this environment where not only is there a guy who could win the fucking Hart Trophy in Panarin, but you have all these kids, these super talented players, many of whom you've played against and with in international tournaments and you know what they're capable of and you've been able to measure yourself against them like this is this is how a franchise is really redefined and if things go right you can have a championship team at the end of it but things do have to go right and the good news is there's there won't be too many excuses given what the Rangers have just in terms of potential and talent. Like, we know a couple, you know, opportunities and 
you know, a couple seeds that were planted didn't come out the way we were hoping, like, you know, specifically Leah Sanderson. I think we can very comfortably now say the same of Brett Howden. Um, but that doesn't mean, like, overall, it's not all going, it's, you know, moving in the right direction. You know, it needs a little adjusting here and there, and it'll be really, really interesting to see if the Rangers keep D'Angelo and, and what happens with Georgiev and, you know, if they want to maybe move up in this first round, Tom, and, you know, get into that, that you know, between that 10 and 15 area of the draft, if they can, to take center. I don't know. Yeah, I. it's, if anything, I'm very interested to see what they do from a perspective of are they going to keep some spots open um, in terms of like waiting like okay we think that Keandre Miller is going to be ready next year so we're going to earmark a spot for him we think a Morgan Barron could be a bottom six person um, we'll see it, it's certainly going to be interesting I have a completely random and unfair question to ask you right now fire away I apologize in advance because this is a, a question we could do like a whole show on. Are you comfortable and satisfied um, as someone who's invested in the team with Gord Murphy being the permanent replacement for Lindy Ruff's role as the head of the PK and as you know the kind of overseer of the defense given how goddamn important it is to develop these kids right? So to answer that, I I don't know. Um, I don't know enough about Gord Murphy. Um, I certainly think, if anything, the fact that we're going to have a delayed start to the AHL season changes things. Um, you may want someone like him there to be able to lend his experience. Yeah, he was an associate head coach there. Yeah. I mean, I, I wonder if at some point the the Rangers are going to look to have some type of coach who um, what was a former player, but that's not that far removed from the game. From, from the pure standpoint of being someone who can even more relate to players, can relate to what they go through, can relate to work ethic. Um, because, like, I feel like you've had it at other spots around the league, whether it was, um, like Scott Stevens, I I believe, what was he, or, um, I think he was a a coach with the wild. Um, and in St. Louis, I think. Yeah. And so like you have spots around the league. Like I know, um, Mark Savard is coaching now. Um, obviously you have, I think with St. Louis, I want to say, um, but like you have, a relatively inexperienced head coach in David Quinn. Yeah, you have um, Greg Brown and you have David Oliver, but I, I think that's something that's could even looked at with, with more um, precision. Are they getting what they need out of the coaches? Is, is there ways that they can be, be better? Are there things that maybe they didn't take the strides that they wanted to? Um, who Who's to say? But I like that thought, though. The idea of... I don't know if you heard the uh, the 31 Thoughts with Rich Clune. Um, yes. 
And one of the things that I took away from that, and like uh, you know, uh, Merrick was saying, just how much uh, Dubis and Toronto and you know the Marleys love Rich Clune, and you know his not only for what he can offer in terms of his insight dealing with you know mental health and addiction and, and alcoholism and you know what he was able to do to turn his life around and to be a guy who could really share a powerful story with younger players but you know they talk about how he's like a shoo-in to be you know in an organization organizational role off the ice when he wants it and one of the first things I thought was you know what it feels like the Rangers need somebody like that in the AHL and I caught myself being like well wasn't that part of the problem with Ken Jernander yeah I know and it's, in my opinion, I feel like you need a guy who can connect, but also isn't just, you know, it's not just a, you know, it's almost better, I think, to look outside of the guys who you had in the organization. Um, I think that actually seems to happen quite a bit. Um, you know, guys getting an opportunity behind the bench or even in the front office on teams they didn't play for. Um, I should mention very quickly, I was mistaken. Scott Stevens was never on the Blues coaching staff. I don't know why that was in my head. Well, I was a dummy because I could have went to this great resource. It's called BehindTheBenches.com, and it lists all of these coaches. So, like, Montreal is a good one. So, like, Kirk Muller is an associate coach. Um, He played for them. Um, Let's see. DJ Smith is a head coach of Ottawa. He was with Toronto, like the Flyers, Ian LaPierre. He was a player for them. Was Travis Green ever a Canuck? I believe he was. Um, Sergey Gonchar, Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, no, no, he never was a Canuck. There you go. What team did he Travis Green play for? He, I remember him from hockey cards for playing for... Toronto, but he played for Toronto, the Ducks, the Bruins, mm-hmm. Toronto again, the Coyotes, uh, the Ducks again, the Islanders, and that's it. He started his career uh, with the Islanders. He was a oh yeah, that's right. That's what I'm thinking of. Um, and like obviously, there are are people who can be great coaches that were not players. And like I know from time to time, we're always talking about how there just seems to be a revolving door of this person gets to be an NHL coach and they get fired and oh they get to be another job and the same thing with um general managers but like I think you can have like one like I don't even know if you'd call it like nepotism um or one um like legacy type um coach I just want guys who excel at someone who would be able to to sit with Capo Caco and talk to him from a place of experience, but also a place of like sports psychology, and like, hey, you're putting a ton of pressure on yourself. Trust in your ability. Work on your game. Um, you know, and not maybe not just approach everything with like, well, let's let's go to the video, Capo. Uh, what are you doing wrong? You know, maybe you know a guy. I think a good example of a guy who kind of fits into this mold we're talking about is someone like a Ralph Kruger type, right? Where it's like. He has that ability to connect with his players in a unique way, like a, mm-hmm. a truly player's coach, even though Ralph Kruger is like really exceptional in that there's only one Ralph Kruger, uh, you know, with his, his history of 
being a soccer manager and all the other things he's done in his life. But yeah, it, it is definitely a good time to reflect on all those things because there are there are questions. That's the fun thing. Like you get the you win the fucking lottery, and then you have questions. Um, and the biggest question to me, as I said before, is and that's why I mentioned the Gord Murphy question to you was the you know you got to develop these kids right you have them there shouldn't there's not going to be a lot of room for excuses when you think about how much talent you had at your disposal um and i'm really excited for what the next few years holds and i feel like i'll be a lot more excited once we navigate you know the rest of uh, this off season and figuring out the the fate of these RFAs and of course Hank and and what that means and what you know what it means if Hank is actually done and the nature of how he parts from the team is obviously a big deal uh, because as you know Tom the Rangers have a whole shit ton of dead cap space on the books next year yeah and having that with a flat cap is really uh, less than ideal. Um, it is. My hope is that these problems will get better. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. Over the next couple of years, while we watch that right here and Kako to, you know, develop into beautiful little shooting stars, but um, there are a couple more headaches that we have to endure, and things will get better with contracts coming off the books and all that. But goddamn, everything looks so so promising and fun. I just hope the Rangers don't do the thing where they run too fast trying to work their way through this and they don't make any drastic decisions that take opportunities away from any of these kids. Exactly. And you feel confident in what you have in Igor. You feel confident in what you have in the forwards. You upgrade the defense. You get it to a point where you integrate what you have on the roster some of the prospects you have in the pipeline and maybe another addition or two and I have four words for you. Look the fuck out. Yeah. Like it's fun. God damn it's fun. Like think about it. They're like obviously not putting the cart before the horse. We're assuming obviously best case scenarios. Um you could have enough talent for three power play units. Yeah. You really could. Like, <laughs> technically, this team already has three power play fucking quarterbacks who are right-handed shots. I mean, and it has a terrible defense. And, uh, but, like, there are aspects of the personnel and the, you know, the prospect pool on this team that are just, you get blown away by what what really could be there. Like, if Kravstov pans out, what that means... Um, you know, what it would mean if someone like Lori Pajuniemi can be a third line scoring threat, right? Like, you know, I wrote a piece about him recently where, you know, I looked into the fact that, like, he has, uh, like, one way of scoring goals in Liga, and he's going to need a couple more tricks if he wants to be an impact player in the NHL. But there are a lot of really fun, juicy, like, these, these things filled with potential all across the organization and having and like to have something added to that that is at, literally at the top of the list now in Lafreniere is just batshit crazy 
It's unbelievable. Uh, like, I... Capo isn't isn't the most ex- like ex- Igor and Capo Caco and Adam Fox are not the most exciting young players anymore, and they're babies. Yeah, this is literally like we made. I think we made this joke. Um, last year but like this is literally Toy Story it's oh here comes Buzz Lightyear fuck off Woody like here comes Caco Caco <laughs> like yup he's the new yeah. toy on the block and like up. Oh. and that in and of itself is something that like obviously yeah there's gonna be tons of love for Capo Caco I mean he's got his own fucking church like how can you like not love this guy um yeah. But that's going to pay taxes. That means he's his own. He's his own church. But that's going to be even less pressure for him because he's not going to be the new guy anymore. Like, yeah, he's going to be yeah. a threat. But it's if if Capo Caco starts next season and like he has five points in his first fifteen games, yeah, you're going to be a little you know cause for concern. But all the eyes are going to be on Lafreniere. Like that. That's and Panera. Yeah. And Zibanejad and Shesterkin yeah, exactly. or that's Fox. The, that's the other beautiful thing about this is when you have that spread out and like, and you have someone like Panarin there who's, you know, I know Panarin's received some criticism for his play uh, in Carolina, especially because Sebastian Ajo essentially just, you know, put the Rangers over his knee and, you know, spanked him. Ass red. But. Like, you have these guys who, the Trubas and Panarins who are getting paid a crazy amount, but they're also, they can be here and still be contributors and very good players while these kids enter their prime and develop. And, you know, you you think about what happens if the stars align and, yeah, you can see things getting really goddamn exciting in a very short amount of time. I'm still in shock that, like, it's funny because whenever I start, um, and I did this during, I forget which month it was, but I figured with no hockey, um, they had finally updated the rosters to the point in um, the NHL game that you could have Shesterkin as your goalie. Um, like, still no crafts off at the point. No, like he wasn't on Hartford or something. Yeah, exactly. So... Like, all right, let me do a season um, and let me do a draft. And I always do things the same way. Like, I, you know, I trade off a lot of the fat and then I try and say, you know what, I'm going to rebuild this the right way. And I ended up one particular simulation getting like number one and number three. um, And I got Lafreniere. And I think I want to say it was like um, Lucas Raymond. Oh, yeah, great winner. Yeah, and I just had a fucking stack team, and it was so fun. And I'm like, man, wouldn't it be fun to have someone like Lafreniere? And uh, now it's a reality, and I will painstakingly await what number he's going to wear. Um, Like, as I said at the top of the store, I'm going to get that tattooed on my body. And um, I've been wanting... your nipples? I don't know where. Like, I have a couple of tattoos that I've wanted to get for some time, but I've just not ever had the gumption to do it. Like, it's not the same way. It's like, it's not so much that I'm like afraid of the needles. Like, I mean, like, as people know, you know, I'm stupid. 
freckly Irish pale skin. I don't think any any tattoo is gonna look good unless I get like a giraffe with its fucking spots. Then it'll look good. I mean, I certainly have a large enough canvas to work with. Um, so it's like you know, I I'm like I gotta think about it. He wore twenty two with Canada. In uh, maybe he take. Can't wear eleven. Can't wear eleven because of Messier. Because my nephew was asking me that. He's like, "What what number would he wear?" Because I had it on in the the kitchen, and he's looking at his number, and I'm like, "Nope, he can't wear eleven. It's retired, and it's not like he can even if he wanted to like pick one. He can't wear that. Um, it's uh, it's gonna be interesting." I'm just happy. I'm happy. I'm really happy. And I feel like we should save... I want you to hold me, Tom. Virtually, I am holding you. I am... Fill my my ears with sweet nothings. Looking into your eyes, gazing deeply. Wouldn't it be nice if we were older? (laughs) We didn't have to wait so long. I think we should save the Carolina postmortem and the um No, we'll do that later. We'll do it on a different show. Let the show be happy. Yeah, this is this is, you know, this is, you know, laughy hour. This is yeah, uh This is you this is me repeating the same things 10 times, which I know I've done, folks, but listen. Okay. I'm trying. I don't even have pants on. We're trying the best that we can. Um like it, I've being without power sucked because I was inspired to write, um, and I couldn't even like write at work either because my job was out of power, so I like he couldn't even go there and spend some time afterwards. So I'm like in the slack saying like, man, maybe I'll write about this, maybe I'll write about this, and I'm like, you know what, fuck it, we'll wait till the draft lottery happens, and then at that point. They're either going to have one, they're going to have 10, or they're going to have 11, and all that nonsense. Um, I was just like, we're going to get 10 or 11, fuck it, whatever. It'll be okay. I mean, for me, I was saying like, all right, and I I think we, if you want to, we can talk about the the other series and sort of just, you know, what anything we were sort of surprised about. Um, Like... I was um, talking to my brother about this, and it's like, man, how Gary Bettman's probably thrilled with how this turned out that Lafreniere is going to have a chance to go to a team and make an impact immediately. It's going to be whether it's Edmonton or Toronto, Pittsburgh, um, and it's not going to be a team where he's going to need a lot of help. like there were some interesting series. Like the- there were a lot of interesting. Like I was not surprised at all that the the Islanders just, you know, quickly moved past, uh, you know, Florida. I didn't have any confidence in Florida. Bob, um, oh my God, that contract's gonna suck so bad for whoever takes over this team. Uh, I am fucking fascinated by what the fallout will be in Toronto, because. Oh yeah. Like, that's like, going to go over rationally. <laughs> that game four comeback by the Leafs, I was like, son of a bitch, they're going to do it. I mean, I jinxed they're, it. They're, you did. You did. Because <laughs> um, I was watching that game, and I was like, here's the thing. I don't 
root against the Leafs, I just like Columbus more. Because, um, like, I like a lot of the players on Toronto. And I like that, you know, they... God, they've, they're like an original six team that has been haunted by a lack of success like the Rangers have. And, oh, man. It is crazy to think what the hell is going to happen there. Um, and, you know, Calgary beating the Jets, that was... I don't know. I didn't really expect. Poor Jets. Poor uh, Mark Shifley. Oh, God. That looked... It just looked so goddamn bad. Like, I, we've... There's actually... I think there's been... This might just be me, but it feels like there's been a lot of really goddamn dangerous-looking hits and plays. Like, I forget who it was who hit Tavares, I think it was. On Columbus, Warinsky, the cross check. Yeah, that's right. It was Warinsky. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was just one of those plays where the Jesus Christ, that could have been a goddamn career ender. What the hell's going on? Um, I love that Arizona beat Nashville. Go Yotes! Uh, I'm still laughing and shaking my head about the Oilers, and I am legitimately shocked that Montreal beat Pittsburgh. To me, that was like Yaroslav Halak just shocking the fuck out of the wa- the Washington Capitals. Um, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. And like, I I talked a lot of shit like Carey Price. Like, I think I used the the hash slinging slasher meme. Like, what the uh, the Penguins are thinking about, uh, or what the league is thinking about Carey Price and what he actually is. Um, and yeah, Rangers he, fans have a have good cause to be a little snarky about Carey Price, just because the the amount of times we've had to hear people force Carey Price into you know where he ranks with Lundqvist in terms of the best goaltenders of their generation, and you know, and uh, yeah, he absolutely belongs in that in that conversation along with Roberto Longo. But I think we all know who who my boy is. Oh yeah, also and Chris, like no disrespecting it's Yeah. Um Chicago over Edmonton. Um very interesting series. Like you have game one. Jonathan Taves looks like a goddamn fucking world beater right now. Kobalik, oh my god, he looked awesome. Yeah, he looked awesome too. Like that is a like that's one of those like Oh yeah, Chicago has no business being in this. And uh, they won. And, oh yeah, Montreal, the other 12 seed, Tom? Oh, they're gonna, they win too. Yeah. Like, and then, of course, the Bruins, and, you know, for the, for the teams that had the, the seeding uh, round robin. President Trophy winners are, what, the fourth seed now? It's like when you go on those rides in amusement parks, like <laughs> I uh, I survived the so and so, the Bruins. I we won the President's Trophy, and all we got is this stupid fucking T-shirt. All we got is yeah, this worthless fucking T-shirt uh, that's gonna shrink in the wash. Yeah, um, but like you, I'm stoked about Arizona winning, um, especially in light of all the crazy, crazy story that is uh, John Chaka and. The Coyotes calling him out for quitting and everything, and uh, Saros had a really rough, rough goddamn go. Um, but there's going to be some it, great series. There are going to be some great series. That's the thing I'm 
I mean, that's what I was excited about before a ping pong ball changed our lives today. But um, was thinking about, hey, the Rangers could get a good center, 10 or 11. And then, oh, there's a really good series to look forward to. Um, but yeah, none of those things matter anymore. We were so excited with everything that was going on. We forgot to do something. We forgot to have a little DVD break for... Um, Oh, an ad nice. break. So I wonder, can we get away with having an ad this late? Fuck it. Let's try it. All right. 12.5% chance it's going to work. <laughs> All right. Ad break now. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. And just like that, we're back. Um, Fuck it, we'll do it live. Twelve and a half percent chance that this works. Um, is there anything else you want to talk about? I mean, I- uh, Igor is back in Russia. Whatever. Um, not surprising. Not promising. Um, you know the. I'm really, really, legitimately fascinated by. The, the stuff we shouldn't think about, the stuff I shouldn't, I'm not going to write about for another eight months. Like, mm-hmm. what does this mean for Pavel Buchnevich and things of that nature? Hush. Um, I know, I'm sorry. But, like, that's one of those things where I love the domino effect of things like this, where it's like, is will he, he just be a luxury that's too, too expensive? And, like, almost certainly he will be. And that's, like, a casualty of this, this greater good. You know, the you know, it, it goes that saying that someone like Lafreniere will be more, a more valuable player than Puchnevich. I know. Um, but that's that's a big one to me. The decisions on D'Angelo and Strom are gigantic. You know, the Rangers can just punt on Brendan Lemieux as far as I'm concerned. Just off from one year, one million, see where it goes. I think Brendan Lemieux, I don't know. There are a couple of trades the Rangers have made over the past couple of years that I've been underwhelmed by. Um, And the return of Brendan Lemieux, um, and of course the first that we sent back uh, in the Kevin Hayes trade uh, that ended up becoming Jacob Truba, um, is among the ones that really uh, has come to underwhelm me, the return there. Um, But yeah, there's, I mean, there's so much we can talk about, like, fucking we're going to save the the series for another show which we might have a special guest on by the way but we'll see 
special, um, special. Very special, shiny, shiny guest with a blowhole. Um, but yeah, was there anything else you wanted to tackle? I mean, there's been. I mean, there's so much that we can still unpack about the lottery and what it means and and all that, but I don't know. Do you want them to move up with the other pick? I say YOLO. I say yeah. I mean, like, even more so now, you have this equity of the pick and assets that you may not be able to fully utilize and package the pick and Tony D'Angelo I think they had a lot of options um, they have so that's the crazy thing honestly is they have like an overabundance of options they have so many things they could do um, and that's what makes it fun because it makes the you know projecting what could happen in the debates about like what could they do what should they do there's more ahead of the rangers than ever before because they won the lottery it changes fucking everything because it's like all right well the the stakes are raised the bar is raised expectations are raised right um so we gotta make sure we get these things that are potential obstacles out of the way yeah god damn tom Twelve and a half percent. Who would have thought? Never tell me the odds. I don't know. Maybe we'll save the rest for next show. I think so because there's all, and we'll probably end up talking about this again um, because it's. I just feel like yelling, and that's not really good podcasting. Yeah, I mean, singing more Beach Boy songs. But we do want to thank some uh, some special people um, who we hope you enjoy. Got your stickers too. Yeah, we saw someone tweet us. Um, we hope you enjoyed the Igor sticker. Um, you know, it ended up working out that he only played in one game. Um, who would have thunk? Um, but we're gonna try to do stuff like that going forward. You know, f- fun little things like that. Um, you know, give us your feedback. Is, is things you're looking for? If ways we can make the the Patreon better, um, your feedback does mean a lot to us. And obviously, it's been a very interesting year. And you know, we're always looking to try and give you the best products we can. Um, you know, I, I know not everything works, not everything goes over great, but we can take the criticism. You know, I can take you know the one star reviews. That's fine. Um, Please just let us know. We we love doing this. Um, we, me and Mike, love talking to each other. You know, doing this show. Um, and a special thanks to our Patreon supporters: a six foot gap, Adam Nahoic, Aiden Gaspar, Armiel Kistner, Andre Chicagoff, Andy White, Anthony Viola, Arch Williams, Beezer, Ben Pierney, Bjarner Osterheim, Bob Kawa, Bobby Callahan, Captain America, Chris Abibi. Chris Lucas, Chris Marco Trigiano, Clark Carroll, Daniel Dizen, David L. Singer, Fancy Lawrence, Frank Benino, George Lippman, Igor Zavlosky, James Dengels, Jamie Bussell, Jeff Owen, Jermaine Francis, John Prezipelski, John Reppy, Jordan Sassone, 
Justin Walsh, Keith Franchillo, Kevin Mead, Kush Stastic, Guy Napolitano, Matt Bader, Matthias Olson, Michael Asante, Michael Kanek, Michael Marcus, Michael Silvers, Nick Antropov, Nikolai Hoffman, Panarin 2020, Patrick Landholt, Pringle Powerhouse, Sammy Vogel Seidenberg, Sean, Steve Bialbach, Stink Fleeman, Tall Guy Rob, The Era Carlson, The Ninja's Ninja, The Tin Man, Tori from Manhattan, and Trevor Kempner. Um, you two can uh, join that list that we read every week um, by becoming a, a patron. Um, we tweeted something out from uh, the Banner Twitter account today. Um, like I said, we're open to uh, suggestions, feedback, and uh, all of that fun stuff. And uh, anything else you'd like to say, uh, Mike? Alexei Lafreniere. Holy shit. Alexei fucking Lafreniere. We need another special edition sticker. 12.5%. That's the new sticker. Never tell me the odds. We dress Lafreniere like Han Solo. And it just says, never tell me the odds. Damn, that's a great idea. And hopefully can put that together before someone else does. But, like, I love a challenge. I love uh, pressure. But I, I, you I don't know what? Can... If they steal our deal, we'll walk up to them. And we'll push their baby over because it's easy. Because honestly, babies are terrible and they have terrible balance. On that note, it was great talking to you again, Mike. Um, glad, as always, to do the show with you. And uh, we'll talk to you again next week. Take You're care. Goddamn delight, Tom. Goodbye, well, thank folks. you. Alexi Lafreniere.